my life is uh, a mess because part of the time I work from home, part of the time I work from the office. Yeah. Because I'm transporting things back and forth all the time. Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Spell Storm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And I'm Chad. And we have um, an exciting episode to talk about today. We actually have two bits of news that we're going to go over. One of them represents one of the most exciting things about the game that we love. And the other is on the complete opposite end of that spectrum. So uh, be ready for some really high highs and uh, some really low lows. That's the name of the game for this episode, though. Hey, let's. Um, why don't we talk about um, games we've played first? Let's do that, and then we'll get into our, our main topics. <laughs> Play the game greatly. It's going to be a roller coaster of a time. Um, a little bit like my game. I actually got a game in. <laughs> like, it's exciting. Um, well, I mean, again, ups and downs. I was like excited to play, and then uh, a little spoiler by the end of it, I was a little, a uh, little downtrodden and saddened again. <laughs> but hey, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so it was uh, signed up for the Cossack Tide of Skulls, and I got matched up with uh, a fabulous uh, player who I later learned was uh, Canadian, so explains why he was so nice. Um, <laughs> oh, so yeah, um. Basically, he was running Legion. This would be the second time I've played Legion in uh, my illustrious, what, four-year career of playing. Um, and the first time playing a full 75-point game in, what, about a year or so. So I knew it was going to be a little bit rough, knock some ring rust off. Um, I was probably going to lose. Already consoled to that fact, but I'll get into that later. Uh, it was He ended up dropping uh, Callus 2 with two um, units of Chosen, two Hel Hellmouths, two Scythians, um, Golab, Amok, and uh, Blight Archon with uh, Mechano Shredder. And uh, there's hmm. some, uh, two Spell Martyrs, I think they're called, the little like one-point blow-up yep. channel spell. So yeah. I think that was the whole list. Um, and so... I was. I decided to drop my Grim One list. Um, you know, double war wagon, Sea King, uh, some lookouts, scouts, uh, and uh, stone boomy two, and so and um, the recent add of the gunnery sergeant. Um, you know, three points to give a plus two on the war wagons, or maybe the Sea King spit some. It's it's just good. So I was like, all right, I can I can take this. Uh, it was the scenario that there's two circle zones, one on each side, and then um, left and right, and then two flags, two objectives. So we both rolled. He got a five to roll. I got a six, so I chose to go first because I think going second in that matchup, that Legion is just going to absolutely bully the board, right? Like the threat ranges, everything else ability. So I kind of had to go first um, and just dawdled up, and then... He pulled a nice trick where Callus uh, has the, uh, oh, what's it like? A, is it battle lust or something that gives the extra die on uh, damage rolls? And yeah, so he threw so. that. Yeah, he threw that on his tentacles, and two of his tentacles chipped away fifteen damage on my war wagon right out the gate. 
I was just wow. like, I uh, didn't expect that. Arm 19 versus what are they? Power like 13, 14, something like that. So um, uh, I think, I don't remember. I feel like they're either 10 or 12. Or are they the, the tentacles? Yeah, I mean, they just seem kind of weak. But with that, with a charge and that running four dice, dice. I mean, it was hot, right? He he got some good dice rolls and uh, yeah. crushed in a little bit, right? Um, and so if they're power, oh, if they're power twelve PS10. charging, yeah, they're they're PS ten. <laughs> the tentacles that's about so. average. <laughs> I mean, average yeah. average on four dice is fourteen, so that's only slightly over average if you rolled. Well, yeah, dice, I mean, off, dice nine. off nine damage. Yeah, it's a little so, over. Yeah, it's a little yeah. over average. Exactly. So either way, I was like, okay, it's fine. So then um, he kind of moved up really cautiously, put Callus more to one side and, and hit him behind a building. Um, and so my next turn, I just kind of, I, I pushed in, I figured I, I kind of got to try to go in, right? Um, his chosen were well spread out. Like he was playing great. Um, his positioning was good compared to my incredibly horrible unpacking of my list. And so the other, you know, my one war wagon kind of went in, tried to do some damage um, that was already a little bit beat up. I figured it was going to die anyway. Just keep it busy over there in the zone. Um, I pushed up with the Sea King to kill a Hellmouth, basically, because there's nothing else in range. So got that out of the way. Got Grim in there to feet so that I can try to protect the Sea King, uh, which caught a lot of his army. Caught me the most. Caught the main beast that I needed to. And then the other war wagon, I pushed a bit too far, I think. I didn't have to go as hard as I did, but I didn't really realize that Amok had Rise. Or Amok. Legion yeah. player, correct yeah. me. So um, that caught me a bit off guard because I knocked down three of his chosen with my war wagon's quake gun and figured, okay, he's going to charge me with what, two of them? I can take two chosen charges, no problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or at least I would think Not after five. the whole deal. <laughs> yeah. And so he was in there and then pass it over. And yeah, pretty much what happens, rise. And I'm like, uh-oh, that's going to be painful. Uh, granted, Grim's feet slowing down the speed um, kind of helped on some things. But ultimately for that war wagon, it just, it got toasted, right? He threw that same spell over, boosted their damage rolls, which works on the impact and the charge. And just chunk the war wagon down. So mm -hmm. that was kind of sad there. The other war wagon died to like the other tentacles and chosen and everything else over there. So that guy went down. Then uh, Sea King remained pretty safe because nothing else could really get it. Everything else was fine. Um, so the end of that, we each score a point because he didn't contest my flag and I couldn't contest his zone. So the following turn. I try to, so top of three, I try to push in, and I made some bad decisions. Um, I was kind of rushed. Uh, we ended up having to break up the game just schedule-wise. There's just some home stuff going on. And so I get before the game, I got like a text about some work stuff about 15 or 20 minutes before the game. So I probably should have canceled it because my head wasn't quite there. But I didn't want to cancel on him and just get the game going. So... Again, his hot his dice were pretty hot, um, so I was hoping for a good change of that too. So I went in, I activated my Axer first, which was a mistake. Um, just thinking, oh, I'll just get some easy activations done. Charged his Blight Archon, threshered into the Spell Martyr and his Blight, 
Um, did some damage, seven damage, or a few damage. I don't think it was quite seven. It was like six or so damage. Enough to, he just took it. Uh, but what that prevented me from doing was being able to move boom or move Grim over and shoot because now he was in melee. So I kind of gave him a plus four defense there by uh, by accident. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, so then I started getting a little thrown off. I ended up charging my Sea King in um, and charged the Blight Archon in order to be able to hit the Blight Archon and one of the Scythians. And then Mechano Shredder would have been in range as well. And so the error I made there is I should have charged the Scythian. Um, again, I just wasn't quite thinking, I guess. And I still could have got the Blight Archon within the two-inch reach. Because I ended up rolling and mm. I would have done a critical hit, which would have knocked down the Scythian. And then I could just drop a boat anchor a few times at, like, what, dice plus three or so and probably kill it pretty easily. Instead... I go, yeah. I hit the light Archon. It can't be knocked down. Oh, yeah, it's an Archon, duh. And then he transfers it to the Mechano Shredder. I then do the rest of my attacks, buying onto the Scythian, needing sixes to hit. So I've got five attacks. No, uh, sorry, with the charge. Like four, four attacks to do um, on this Scythian with sixes to hit, right? I missed two of them. Mm. So yeah. I leave it on like nine boxes, right? Whoops. Um, so Blight Archon's there. I, so I just do some other work, charge in. I don't take any Chosen out. Um, and the rest of the turn, I just kind of shuffle around for the most part. I can't really do anything. So it goes over to his turn. Uh, again, I score one. He scores one. He pretty much, smartly so, I should have ran my um, stone unit further up in order to protect my Sea King better. So he uses his chosen, clears out some scouts, clears out enough of my stone to shrink the aura. So now the Sea King's not in the aura anymore. Blight Archon, one chosen, and a Scythian go in on it and kill it. Whereas if he was in the aura, it would have survived and taken the second heavy to kill it. Um, and then with Overrun and some other tricks, he gets Golab over onto my caster. Uh, doing some damage, and then the Scythian charges in, and he rolls like a 16 to hit, and then like another 12 on damage at straight dice. So, um, and again, foolishly, I didn't have any transfers because I filled up my Axer. Um, again, wasn't thinking. So, what was really neat about that, um, I guess, so I, anyway, I, I lose in my caster, dies, top of three, three to two on the CP. But what was really neat is he did a video because I couldn't really do some of the some of the rest of the game. And so he's able to record some of the video and uh, I was able to like watch his turn. So it was really neat what he did. He played really clean. Um, maybe not the best list to drop in it, but it was a good test. It was a lot of good learning for Callus 2 and all those tricks. So that was that was my uh, reintroduction and my uh, depression of like, oh yeah, it's hard to play online. And I really need to mm -hmm. remember how to play, especially against a, a decent player. So, yeah, and then next up, uh, game two, I get uh, our fun local. We've had a friend of the cast there, uh, Aaron Allen. So, oh. <laughs> so we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> but he's not, he's not a bad player. I miss, the, I miss the days being able to stop Aaron Allen. <laughs> yeah. 
we'll see how it goes. But anyway, that's uh, that's my game. So really excited. Nice. Chad, you get any games in since we last recorded? Only Commander. Um, I haven't gotten to play any other games, unfortunately. But um, with the stuff that we're talking like recently talking about things uh, has gotten me excited to play War Machine again. Uh, and then the announcement, the totally not a keynote announcement last Friday that we're going to be going over today uh, also got me excited about nice. getting back to playing some War Machine, hopefully soon. Nice. I got two uh, minis games in since the last time we chatted. Um, I got a game in of Flames of War, and uh, that was pretty exciting. Um, Geeks and Games is having games in person. Um, and so I was able to meet up with one of the old timers who's around, and uh, we put 100 points on the table. I didn't have... Um, um, enough models on my side. And so um, historical gamers, they're funny, you know. Uh, normally what they'll do is they'll they'll collect both sides of the battle. Um, they, you know, when you do historical gaming, it's not like you play this faction kind of thing. It's like you play this battle, so you have army, you know, stuff for both sides. And so he loaned me some stuff. And, um, and um, it was exciting and challenging um in a lot of different ways um it felt a lot like 40k in terms of the um the way that their turn is played out um, but there are a lot of just weird variables and for example both of us had a unit that allowed us to um to change our deployment area by um um by a certain number of inches depending on where you deployed that particular unit. And so what you ended up getting is this, instead of a straight line across the board, you end up getting this like weird, like lopsided bubble, um, you know, and, and it just looks kind of funny. So, um, but anyway, um, I had an elite unit kind of in the middle of the board who I, I was going to use to advance on my objective and he decided that he would kind of double flank him essentially he had he had units targeting on both sides of it uh, shooting into the building and because he was shooting into the building it made it a little more challenging to get at my unit and i um and so i was able to just kind of withstand so my my guys never died and so that was that was pretty exciting but um the store was closing so we didn't get to finish there's a lot of a uh, lot of teaching going on and so, um, because it was my first like full game of Flames of War, but I very much liked it. So, and and out of it, I came away with a shopping list of a few things that I need to add to my force to be able to adequately play. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, I only have um, um, the German side, and that's because Matt, one of our locals, has a Soviet side. So, uh, you know, we we kind of did a trade last year. And so he kept the ally side, which put me on the Axis side, but that doesn't matter. Um, eventually I'll get Americans or Canadians or both or something. I don't know, I'll figure something out, but because that's how historical gamers do it, right? Um, the And then the second game I got was actually, uh, incidentally, a Warhammer 40k game. So I uh, got to play some Blood Angels versus Space Wolves, um, 
one of our locals, Michael, he had um, both forces painted up. And so um, it was my first time playing a full game with Space Marines um, because I've been running Astro Militarum. That has been my previous force. And so um, I really, really like Space Marines. It's just so much fun. Just feeling like this elite force. I had two units with jetpacks, like huge movement, you know, and I just, you know, and the, and some of the blood angels tactics were really fun. So, um, so anyway, I'm gonna, um, uh, that just encourages me to keep working on my, on my space Marines that I have. So, uh, so yeah, but, uh, we didn't get chance. And again, we didn't get a chance to finish that game. There's family stuff that came up. So, and, and, and I was stupid and I was smoking a brisket that day. And and I had a fire I needed to tend to. So, forty <laughs> k no, no, no. meat. Yeah. Well, the meat's important, and 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 it wasn't my best brisket. So, um, I I, uh, I regret double booking myself that day. <laughs> but anyway, hey. Um, so yeah. So Chad, you already alluded to the topic, one of the topics of the day. And um, that first topic is that we're going to talk about is the email that came out last week, the, uh, what is it? N not a keynote. This something. is not a keynote. <laughs> this is not a keynote. And yeah. there's so much good stuff in there. So uh, why don't one of you get us started on the topic? Uh, well, I mean, so start, I guess it was, uh, let's just say it was released uh, June 4th. So that was last Friday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they kind of drop it on a weekend or right before a weekend and then say, all right, <laughs> have fun with this one. So a lot to uh, pontificate upon here. Um, I mean, out right out the gate, it tells you not to read it, right? You know, there's spoiler alerts. You know, you just, just think and wait for anticipation. So... I mean, I, I jokingly said I would take up that side of the uh, the discussion today of of just waiting for anticipation, but uh, you oh. know, I ended up reading it anyway. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> kind of cool things in there. Um, I think they covered all their game systems, right? Talking about what's going on and what to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. The first one across there is about difficulties going through this year and everything, but that there's yeah. still still here and they're still working on things and there's a lot to look forward to but you have like riot quest just finished up the kickstarter they're going to be releasing uh coming this winter yeah and um you know they basically just kind of had to talk about that they have their seasons they still have a lot of things going on there's the story mode coming which is going to be a narrative component of the game and then yeah. so hold on you're just like going too fast for me here oh yeah, yeah. so story mode riot quest Sounds interesting yes. to me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's already wacky and weird, so I'm not really sure how you're going to add a story to it. <laughs> but you know, give them a give them a chance to for a narrative uh, component. So yeah, I yeah. mean, they can. Well, the thing the thing is, is that they could just write. I mean, they can't just write a storyline to go a series of different. Um scenarios and things like that and then just give you a structure for um getting experience or maybe tell you like you you find certain loot at certain times yeah i mean 
they definitely opened up to that. There's tons of loot in the game right now and lots of characters. So yeah. the options are open, just like what they said here is uh, imagine Boomhaller has a love interest in the story. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine that. <laughs> it's, but that uh, would make an intriguing story. It's, <laughs> it's Boomhaller as the love interest. Oh, sorry, as the love interest, not has one. Yeah, see, I read too quick. Oh. Not as the love interest, but it as the love interest. So who loves Boomhaller? You know, Damn. I love Boomhaller. I'm just saying. But <laughs> Dan, are you a character? Are you an upcoming <laughs> character in Riot Quest? Surprise! <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> that's one character you don't want to see. So, yeah, so it's exciting. I mean, it's already been a little bit of crazy characters. So, what else can they they pile right. on top of that? Yeah. The next product that they announced was uh, uh, for Monster Apocalypse. Here, it looks like there's going to be a new faction. Two new factions that are like Aztec themed. Got to keep them coming. Oh, they're both Aztec themed. Yes. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. Yeah, a pair of new fa- pair of new factions inspired by ancient Aztec mythology and designed by one of the most prominent members of the Monpoc community, Emmanuel Class, who has been on a couple of different podcasts. Uh, he's currently one of the hosts of Field of Fire. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's neat to see them doing uh, collabs like that and trying to reach yeah. out beyond, you know, and get some different ideas. Yeah. Well, and, and aren't isn't there some really big monster movies coming out next year? Is there? You're the monster movie guy. Yeah, I'm I don't know. Remember. I don't know. I've kind of fallen off the whole movie thing because everyone is changing their release schedules. Oh, so yeah. I don't know. All I know is John Wick is next summer. So oh, is Black Widow finally out? I don't even know. So, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, but like, but if we're, but if you know, if some really cool, you know, monster movies are being released, then you know, Monster Apocalypse can really ride that train. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, show a both- couple images on there too of some concept art. Yeah. yeah, concept art of both of the monsters, which both look really cool. One of them's like a big bat creature. Another one is like kind of a, a swamp thing. Yeah. Um, With like but fish knee guards? <laughs> no, yeah. so they're, uh, well, yeah, kind of fish design uh, or like something like that. Um, I really dig, I really, really like that model because I play Circle, so it kind of reminds me of like a swampy world warden. Oh, yeah. Uh, with like intricate design, cut stones and things like that as part of the the skeleton for the for the creature. So yeah, definitely pretty. Uh, neat. Also, also attached to the announcement about Monster Apocalypse is that they are doing a five uh, E compatible source book for Monster Apocalypse called the yeah. Monster Paco Nom Nom Nomicon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know, you know, RPG players, we love our monster books. Yeah. Yeah. As long as there's a boomstick in there, we're good. <laughs> I'd play 5e just, just to have those monsters in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> how are you going to go against something? But I mean, I guess there's dragons, but uh, <laughs> how are you going to? Yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder if the idea is that you're going to be playing the kaiju fighting against other kaiju. Okay. What if oh, I want to, uh, okay. Like a playable knows? race. That would be yeah. fun. 
he had to start out at like level 13 or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, best thing ever. yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they, they do with that one too. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Are you going to play one of the little people and they're just running around or yeah, do you play a giant monster and fight other monsters or take over towns and yeah. have you tribute? Uh could be Just could say. be interesting. I could I could see a system for both where like you you're the defenders uh, and you're organizing all of your troops and maybe maybe there's a monster that is controlled um, not by you and you're trying to defend the city against uh, an invasion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or I could see you taking taking the role of a kaiju and fighting against another kaiju. Yeah. And then don't forget they're uh, talking about the uh, Megaton Mashup 2 King of the Monster Apocalypse or Megaton Mashup 2 King of Pawns or uh, Megaton yeah. Mashup 2 Electric yeah. Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Name in the works. Yep, exactly. Um, so after Monpok, um, we go into Warcaster. Um, they gave us some previews of some stuff that's going to be coming up in the next Kickstarter, which is going to be happening soon. They said, um, yeah, we see a couple of wild card monster or a couple of wild card characters, um, that look pretty interesting. One character we've seen before in the quartermaster. So if you follow yeah. their Kickstarters, the quartermaster is the, is the person in the gun cage with all the cool gear and everything. And I really hope that that model works for Marcher Worlds because <laughs> it's going to be a shame just to buy it just as a cool miniature because it is a sweet looking miniature. Oh, or yeah. at least the concept art for it. I think both of them I'm going to want because both of them look like they can play in some of the, the minis agnostic games that I have. Like yeah. these models would be perfect for those. Yeah. Like, these are good yeah. models. Which, I like which reminds me, I wanted to talk to you about Stargrave at some point, because that just came out. Um, yeah, let's be friends. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, there's also a really cool Ranger Rider, which is like a Ranger. Looks like he's got some sort of a sniper rifle riding on, basically, as it's been named by our community, uh, a lizard space tauntaun or a desert tauntaun, <laughs> which is kind of kind of what it looks like. And I'm to I totally dig it. Um, yeah, there's some you know, sort of a flying Empyrean model. Hold on, hold on. Before you get there, the Ranger Outrider. What I really yeah. like about this is, um, is uh, so I'm you know Privateer Press fanboy, right? And other yeah. companies have been making um, mounted models uh, in in like their various settings that are like this. And so where you have like you know. Um, you know, a decked out ranger type person riding, you know, a two legged, you know, whatever. And uh, like, for example, um, Wild Wild Exodus has uh, Teddy Roosevelt riding a dinosaur, you know, which is like yeah. awesome. And so, yeah. uh, so I'm really, really excited that Privateer Press has one now. And, yeah. and this model <laughs> looks really cool. Yeah. So sorry, there's like, I'm just noticing a theme across a lot of the different companies, you know. Um, and so I'm really cool. I'm really excited. This is introduced into the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some sort of a flying, uh, it looks like two different models for Imperions. Um, it's like a flying model. There's the regulator Reeve, which looks like another one of the heavily armored suited, 
ISA models, kind of like the Siege Breaker. So this may be a second <laughs> a second version of those ones. Uh, and then it looks like the, the Neko Sphinx, which is another mechanical um, beast-type creature, I believe, for um, the Artanus Continuum, kind of like the Raker. So uh, um, there's no like rules or anything like that. Um, the other thing that yeah. they mentioned is talking about the introduction of cadres. So maybe there's going to be some cross-faction cooperation um, or oh, something yeah. similar to that. Or the, the cadres might also be kind of their version of theme forces where you get certain benefits for taking certain groups of models and that type of thing. But that, that information is going to be happening uh, or coming out in the next Kickstarter once they do... Uh, or that they do for Warcaster, which is, I think, coming up this fall. I really like how Warcaster is developing. This is turning into, like, this game looks fun. The more and more I see stuff coming out. Like, yeah. I got myself half-built, but, like, I haven't really put it on the table, you know? So yeah. I can't really speak to my any experience about it. I've witnessed yeah. games being played. I've watched games played, but... Soon. Soon yeah. will. <laughs> <laughs> I want to comment though that as an ISA player, I feel a little bummed that I get the get off my lawn old guy. You know, <laughs> um, that's just the way it screams to me. He has his fist up, he has his back, he's kind of looking, he's just like, get off my planet, sort of, uh, yeah. sort of crotchety look. And then, like I said, Artinius gets uh, a cool, like, mix between like alien head and like tiger body looking thing, you know, <laughs> get space yeah. taunt on. You know, if you wanted, you could take the sword out of his hand and put in a broom yeah, or something yeah. and really, really go at it. I'm, oh, great. Now you're going to have to I'm make just me gonna, I'm just going to say, you shouldn't have joined the space fascists then. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? This is being recorded. I'm going to report this up the chain. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get a knock from the ISA police. You know what? Uh, we d we fine, didn't talk fine, about fine we didn't me. the three of us didn't really plan out our warcaster purchases because Dan and I, I both know. did ISA yeah and like one of us should have done the other one <laughs> one of the other factions there's still time don't worry I mean uh, I did do a different faction I did the best <laughs> faction I did Marcher Worlds well I know I was just talking about how we have only two between the three of us only two factions are represented and. Yeah, but well, I don't think you know, either one of you guys would have been interested in uh, in AC. No, not AC, but uh, you know, if if Space Convergence would have come out in the original package, I probably would have yeah. gone in Space Convergence. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they didn't. So I'm still holding those out are, of those uh, are, some other factions. But those are the Imperions for those who may not pick up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, so Jeremiah, you want to talk about the next section, the next announcement section? The next announcement was Iron Kingdom's Requiem. Mm -hmm. um, I did not read this one up, so no, okay. I can't talk about it. <laughs> uh, there's not a whole... There's not a whole ton of information about it, mostly because we're still waiting on the release of the books. Um, I heard rumor that it's supposed to be a Warfare weekend, uh, mm. which, well, that's actually going to be after, because I think Warfare weekend is the very beginning of November. Um, and I think IKRPG Kickstarter, 
excuse me, Kickstarter stuff goes out in September. Um, but what this is talking about is um, just kind of more, uh, just a little bit of just talking about the, the announcement of the relaunching for 5e core rules. Uh, and then um, they are the next wave of books is going to be delving into the wild places, uh, misshrouded Ios, which has been changed and transformed by the claiming. Uh, and then they'll also be introducing the shaman and warlock class character classes, as long as several non-human races. And of course, war beasts. Um, so those are going to be kind of the more wild sides of things where, yeah, we'll be able to play warlocks, uh, and then the shamans, which also kind of go along with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is the hordes side of it, which is kind of, I mean, they already had a couple of hordesy type things, right. But they're going a little bit more yeah, in there to, yeah, they did, they did have some war beasts, uh, in the form of monsters. So like the satyrs, uh, and some other things like that were already in the monster Nomicon, but there probably wasn't any rules for taming those things as actual war beasts. Uh, and then the other thing they mention is um, they're going to be doing a bunch of digital supplements starting this summer uh, from subclasses and new adventures, be exploring all sorts of the Iron Kingdoms. And then later next year, they're going to a very dark place, the Nightmare Empire itself. So we'll yeah. start actually getting some Crixian action as we go towards the Shard Isles um, and the rest of the Nightmare Empire. Yeah, I mean, having not even played a game of it yet, it's still exciting to see that they're already going to add on to it. That I'm sure there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of hype too around it. I know there's quite a few people in our Discord that are talking about it. Um, at least one or two people, I believe, are going to want to run something. One of our guys has already created several characters, right, and already modding up some models. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't dove into the books too too much. I mean, I got the digital copies already, right? But I just haven't spent the time delving through them um, as there's trolls already available, so I'm happy enough. And so it's really neat to, just like I said, see how further they're going and that they're actually thinking about expanding already upon it. So hopefully a little bit more yeah. uh, narratives as well, like, you know, pre-done uh, storylines, campaigns, like the Witchfire. It'll be nice to see. So the next section talks about our one of our primary games, uh, War Machine and Hordes, and some announcements for that. What, what? Um, the, the first one is um, the two Colossals uh, coming out for Infernals, which are the Harvester of Souls and the Guardian of Souls. Um, these creatures were introduced during the Twitter... Um, the Twitter storm last year of the uh, Henchhold Scrolls um, that everyone mm -hmm. or a lot of people were following the Privateer Press was doing uh, micro shoot, what was it called? Um, micro storytelling uh, through Twitter updates, uh, Twitter postings that they were doing. They started out as a couple of posts once a day and then by the end of it they were doing larger chunks um, of story development, uh, these micro narratives, uh, as the claiming was going on and what was happening all over the Iron Kingdoms and how the different factions were responding to it. Um, 
so we got a hint about the about this model and uh the other thing is when we first saw the image for iron kingdom's requiem we saw allegedly one of these in the background fighting the storm wall um behind the city or frozen in time uh we couldn't quite tell they didn't quite clarify uh, yeah. But it's exciting. It's exciting to see 3D renders of both of these models. Uh, I think those are supposed to be becoming available in July. It looks like available to order in July. Get to you in August. So we'll probably start seeing. I don't know if it'll go through a CID or if they, they just have rules set for it. Uh, the other exciting thing is uh, they're celebrating the 15 year, 15 year anniversary of Hordes. Uh, which started in around 2006, 2005, um, when they did they did the zero level warcasters for War Machine. Um, now yeah. they are doing the zero level warlocks for hordes, which is also exciting to see the characters that they chose, especially because of um, the way that they develop later. We saw some concept sketches for all, all of them. Um, the characters are Thagrosh Hellborn, which is Thagrosh when he was still an ogre. Uh, this is shortly after he found the Anthic of um, Everblight and was um, driven to implant it into himself and begin his transformation into a more draconic form. Uh, we see Barnabas the Conqueror, so when he was a warlord before he became you know, a full-fledged warlock, uh, and then later a deity um, as he rose to godhood uh, during the narrative time. We see Kruger the Stormseer, which is really awesome to see um, Kruger get reincarnated, or, I mean, his early days will be really interesting to see what his rules are. Um, Madrak Ironhide, champion of the Creels. So we have, of course, Madrak before... He picked up Rathrock and started the events that would lead to the end of the world. Um, and then I think lastly, we have Makeda when she was still just a member or the leader of House uh, uh, Baelish. Baelish? Balash? Someone yeah. will correct me. Um, I hope so this will be coming out sweet. soon. It yeah. certainly looks like it. <laughs> I want it definitely it looks huge. like a very big two-handed... <laughs> Uh, two-handed sword. So, well, the sword's as tall as the model. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the art, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'd get two of her and just then... so I can use that sword on someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is exciting. It's nice to see the zeros um, to be able to use here and there. Yeah, not really sure. Madrak. I mean, it, it's don't get me wrong. Another Madrak in there, but it's always hard when it's a main kind of caster like there's three madrak warlocks so i'd have a zero almost kind of limits you a little bit more since you can't have a zero and a and a lock in there at the same time mm -hmm. so yeah. uh granted otherwise time yeah. paradoxes you know exactly and the whole world explodes you know so yep it's really it's exciting to see that you know another madrak that's cool add in there a zero which is nice especially for trolls when our juniors haven't been the greatest right yeah so that's really neat and then barnabas uh is a bit of a minions player be nice to see but again we have two barneys so yeah um well, but maybe you should just play other stuff oh wait 
You, hey, you, have you, put, um, have you put a Madrak on the table recently? I feel like I only oh. hear you talking about Graham. Uh, well, <laughs> Graham, Calandra, you know, Calandra. Okay. Yeah. You got a few. You got a few in there. None I mean, those, the Madrak. None of those are Madrak. Hey, hey. <laughs> so I want options. You can put I your just, boy into one of those lists. I want more shinies. So the bigger problem for me is I actually play Kruger two a lot. <laughs> so you put him in your other list. See, problem solved. What other list? Kruger two beats everything. <laughs> I don't need yeah. a second list. I, I bet that's... he won't. He I can't play Kruger zero in Dev Host. Okay, and that's the other <laughs> theme force that I have to play. I don't know. Maybe he'll slot in. Maybe he'll be an interesting component slot in for Secret Masters. We'll see. Uh, let the salt go. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, again, it's nice to see some of these new models and just get more options out there is really neat. So, curious on what the rules will be, which I guess maybe we'll have to wait to the actual keynote to find out some more. Yeah. 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 Or once they get a CID rotation, which they probably will hear shortly. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of actual keynote. <laughs> yeah. So, the coolest thing ever in our game. Is when they announce a new faction. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And they almost didn't tell us what it was in this article. They mentioned it when they're talking about the future of War Machine and Hordes, but then they don't say anything. And then you have to scroll all the way to the bottom, passing Matt Wilson sitting in his chair, all the way down to the bottom. And then you see that they announce Orgoth finally. No <laughs> drum roll, he just drops it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and people have been talking about Orgoth being the next faction for a long time, ever since they announced, like, "Oh, there's another faction coming." Is it going to be Orgoth? No, it's Grimkin. Is it going to be? Is it going to be Orgoth? No, it's you know Convergence. No, it's Infernals. No, it's not Zoo. It's Orgoth. <laughs> We're just not going to. Yeah. yeah. So, who are the Orgoth? Jeremiah, I think you said you had uh, something to share. Oh, well, okay. So I didn't know who the Orgoth were. And, um, you know, and as an ex, you know, Kador player, um, I knew there was something. And so I started like flipping through the um, the Forces of War Machine book that I have, the command book for Kador. Um, yeah. Like, I don't have the models anymore, but I got the book, right? And, yeah. um, and so, uh, and this is my only knowledge of them until I started poking around a little bit more on the internet. But, okay. but I read this. Um, it said the earliest known fell blades were unearthed among a cache of Orgoth artifacts that lay behind the haunted city of Cardiff. Saturated with dark magic, the swords are adorned with howling faces that shift eerily at the fringes of vision and seem to come alive when wielded. The first swordsman, unfortunate enough to pick up these powerful weapons, descended into savage homicidal madness, spurred on by incomprehensible whispering in their minds. Even during sleep, the swordsmen heard foreign babbling that urged them to acts of bloodshed. These men lashed out with berserk abandon and doubled strength, killing anyone who crossed their path. So this is talking about the Doom Reavers, right? And yep. and the foul blades that the Doom Reavers use, and so um, and so with that picture in my mind, I was like, oh my goodness, something happened that was 
bad a long time ago. And these yeah. guys have got to be like the representation of evil. Like they're probably more evil than Legion, yeah. more evil than Infernals. I don't know. So yeah, I was that that was my image that I that I started with as I started poking around, you know? Yeah. Well, so um there's a couple of different things. Uh I want to point out line of sight. Um, a different podcast for that talks about War Machine. They do all sorts of different articles and stuff, and a lot of great stuff for the community. Posted a brief kind of uh, lore dump for the Orgoth that talked about primarily who they were. It touches a little bit on um, what happened to them while they were here and humanity's rise against them. Uh, and then uh, it, it kind of dips into the the evilness of Orgoth and just how brutally savage and, yeah. and evil they were. Um, and so I recommend definitely going out and checking out that article. I read through it uh, and it gave me a little bit more info from what I had already known. Um, it's a great article. It's a pretty quick read because uh, not a whole ton is known about the Orgoth and exactly where they came from because no one knows exactly where they came from. Uh, but definitely check it out. Uh, and then Privateer Press is going to be releasing more lore about them as we get closer and closer to their release next year. Um, oh, so we didn't we didn't see any other... There's very little art. There's a little bit of art, I think, that is the only art that we've seen outside of the stuff related to Kador um, in the article that Line of Sight put up um, that's got a couple of images of them. But basically, think about like the most horrible conquerors that you can think of the most brutal to the people that they subjugate. And that's pretty much what the Orgoth were. They're kind of the, if, if the infernal masters were more of foot soldiers and fighters rather than the spellcasters that they are, that is kind of what the Orgoth were. They were a conquer, a conquering Viking like race that came from across the sea. And the article talks about, um, when they expanded to Western Imran before the Iron Kingdoms were really the Iron Kingdoms and the mm -hmm. early days of those kingdoms, um, the, the nations were founded because they had been for a while, but the Orgoth came and shattered all of those nations and subjugated everyone. They were the first uh, um, commanding or conquering race that got actually into Ord uh, and actually, I think, managed to subjugate the dwarves, or almost did. Um, they got further into the dwarven lands than anyone else. Uh, and they even said, like, everything everything that you are is ours now. Your lives, your bodies, the sweat, the blood, the tears that you do in the, dever in the everyday work for us is ours now. And even in your death, your soul will be ours as your servitude continues to serve us. Wow. Uh, so they are <laughs> pretty, pretty mean. Um, yeah. And the article even talks about um, they were the only force that as they moved south towards the Shard Isles, they're the only non-draconic force that caused Turok to leave his roost and actually push them back. That's how bad these guys were. Um, so they enslaved mankind. I don't remember exactly how long yeah. it lasted, um, but at some point during it, when mankind started to realize that they needed to rise up against them, 
Um, this is around the time that Thamar made a deal with the Infernal Masters to give mankind uh, magic and arcana yeah. and the knowledge of this. Did you have something yeah, yeah, I can touch upon the timeline a little bit better. So they said they invaded in uh, 600 BR or something like that, um, which is kind of the, I guess, our, you know, BC, AD. So that would be like BC because we take place, current events kind of, um, Grimkin came in about 610 AR. Um, and we're a few years past that, right? So this would be 1,200 Ember okay. years ago is when the invasion happened, roughly. Then, yeah, yeah. in 150 BR is Thamar's thing. And finally, in uh, what they say, like 200 AR, so 800 years of these guys being here doing this, they yeah. retreat. And now we here we are 400-ish years later um, dealing with it. So that's kind of, yeah. kind of a little bit of the timeline okay. on that to get some perspective. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so Thamar made a deal uh, with the Infernal Masters to um, to bestow the power of magic and the ability and arcana uh, and the ability for mankind to fight back against the Orgoth because without them, without it, uh, the Orgoth were just going to continue to rule over mankind. And Thamar and uh, Morrow didn't want that because they were they were their people. Yeah, so, they want their followers. <laughs> yeah. So with this knowledge uh, is when we start seeing the first creation of Warjacks in Mechanica and other things like that. And the very first Colossals were created from this knowledge. And we think of Colossals now uh, as being the size that they are. They're bigger than a regular heavy Warjack. They're pretty big. You know, I think they're like, see, I think a heavy Warjack is t 10 feet tall, 10 or 12 feet tall. I think is what a 50 millimeter is supposed to be. Um, and the Colossals are 120, so they're much, much larger than that. The original Colossals that the current Colossals were based off of were the size of cities. They were enormous. They were way larger than any of the modern-day Colossals, and they were the only thing that allowed mankind to eventually beat back the Orgoth. A lot of different factions kind of take credit for the pushing back of Orgoth. I think Kador and Signar take a lot of credit for um, working together, actually, and pushing, creating these monstrous colossals um, to fight back the Orgoth. But one of the things um, that is talked about in, uh, there's another podcast, I'm not sure if they're still around anymore, called uh, Enter the Crucible. And a number of years ago, they did a couple of different lore episodes, I think four or five of them, that were like about an hour and a half or two hours long or something, where they delved deep into the old lore of like the creation of the world and the universe that um, the Iron Kingdoms takes place in. Uh, and during one of the episodes, they're talking about Circle and Trollbloods and stuff. I definitely recommend, I, I believe you can still find the episodes in their archives. Um, it's Enter the Crucible. Yeah, uh, they're fantastic kind of episodes. Yeah, they're fantastic episodes, and that's where I've gotten a lot of my information and my lore from. Uh, but one of the things that's a little bit lesser known, uh, Circle Orbros is one of the oldest um, is one of the oldest orders in all of Cain's uh, history. Um, they've been around basically since the dawn of any man. Um, they created 
a plague that was specific to the Orgoth that would only infect Orgoth and it ravaged their ranks. Um, they put it into food, they put it into the soldiers and it spread through the barracks and through their entire, their entire civilization to the point that they were forced battling that. And then also battling the Colossals, they were forced to retreat back across the city's winds that came from uh, where no one had ever seen them again. And after this uh, is when the Iron Kingdom started becoming formed. The different leaders of the old nations started coming together and rationing out the lands and things like that. And that is where a lot of the current day feuds between like Kador and Lael and Signar uh, began. Uh, and then also just the, the wild races, um, Circle and Trollbloods and uh, the, the minions were kind of hashed out into the lands and Signar kind of took an opportunity to take a little bit more than they had previously. Uh, Cause they kind of attributed themselves to being one of the primary reasons why they were able to develop the Colossals in the first place. Um, and thus started a bunch of old feuds of feeling cheated about land, uh, land being taken Kador, especially because, as a lot of the old land that they used to have got taken away, uh, either by Signar or given to Lael. And it caused basically a lot of the events leading into what it is that we see in the history of current War Machine. Yep. So a lot there, a lot of depth for them to draw on for that faction for sure. Maybe to the yeah. circle player, circle the hero. <laughs> <laughs> it was a collective effort, but we definitely, yeah. re we definitely weakened them more than just about anybody else there you go <laughs> we yeah. made them too weak yeah. to effectively fight back against the colossals with our plans there you so. go. <laughs> yeah the poor kador got beat up by them but <laughs> you may have punched them in the face but we weakened their knees <laughs> so yeah my my assumption is there's going to be a lot of you know draw upon those Doom Reaver swords and, and stuff like that, maybe, yeah. and kind of have yeah. those style guys, some skeleton warrior type people, maybe. I don't know. Undeadish, soulless type. Well, I don't know if they'll be soulless, no. but... Yeah, I don't know if they actually really delved in the black magic. Uh, well, I think they did in the way of, like, soul essence and harvesting, yeah. but I don't think they did necromancy, like raising dead. Um... I mean, again, we don't know that much about them, so this is a perfect opportunity to flush them out and do something different. Um, yeah. A lot of people, well, uh, a lot of people wonder if they're going to be a new Hordes faction. Um, I wonder if they're going to work on a different mechanic similar to the way that the uh, the Infernals work on a, a separate mechanic with their essence. Um, so I'm interested to see what they decide to do as a resource uh, mechanic and. Uh, see how things go moving forward. I think we're going to see larger models because they were they were talked about being like giants. Um, and also, uh, funny enough, Privateer Press with the uh, the development of Warcaster has introduced a new base size. We have an eighty millimeter base size, so we could start seeing some of the Orgoth armored beasts and things like that. 
on those 80 millimeter bases if they're bigger than just heavy warjacks. Or we could even see some Orgoth things on 80 millimeter bases. The not a keynote, right? Yeah, not totally a, not a keynote. Uh, yeah, there's uh, drop some hints and some uh, things in there and then uh, leave you to speculation. But yeah. I pointed out the June 4th date is, I guess, our next piece of news. We ready to move on? Yeah. So seventh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I mean, but uh, yeah. So there's a June seventh news about June fourth being the last day for uh, Mr. Hungerford at Privateer Press. So, because yeah. coincidentally, those kind of collided. So that's kind of a, a shockwave of news. Uh, personally, I'm a I'm surprised by it. Uh, curious on where he ends up landing. And um, trying to be optimistic for the the future of the creativity of PP. So, yeah. Uh, again, where the keynote kind of, or this is not a keynote, kind of hints at, hey, we got these things in the works. So it's going to be okay, guys. It's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that in the in the post that Will Hungerford put up today, talking about his leaving Privateer Press, um, he did get a lead developer. Uh, position at a different company, but he didn't say where. So it'll be interesting to see um, where he goes from here. Um, in the last couple of, in the last handful of years, we've seen Privateer lose a number of large and old faces that have been with the company for, you know, ten years or almost ten years. Um, but and and it's always really sad to see those types of things happen, especially people who are so connected to the community. Um, Will Schick, Will Hungerford. Will Schoonover, um, Will Pagani, <laughs> all of <laughs> Will's. the Wills. All of the Wills are gone. Um, uh, and, and even some other ones like Dallas Kemp, who was the studio artist for a long time, um, also yep. has left. Um, but, you know, where a, a lot of those people had other people that worked with them, um, people who were newer to the company that maybe had been there for four, five, six years and are now getting the opportunity after being mentored by these, these people that have been such a key part of the company and the community for so long uh, are now stepping up and taking their place. Like I would not be surprised if we didn't see Faye uh, getting, I think Faye had been moved to lead development for monster apocalypse after Oz left. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were also moved to lead developer uh, for the rest of things. Cause I think, Will Hungerford had moved from just doing Riot Quest to actually being development for War Machine Hordes. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, again, they've already got a lot of things kind of in the pipeline for us uh, coming up over probably, you know, the next year and a half. It'll probably be about this time next year that Orgoth actually gets released. Um, when we can actually do Lock and Load. Yeah. Lock and Load again <laughs> next year will probably be the release of Orgoth, but while it is really sad to see these old familiar faces go, um, I'm interested to see the fresh new ones that replace them. Uh, I kind of ran into this, this weird feeling of sadness uh, and hopefulness um, about five years ago or so, five or six, four or five years ago, when a lot of the very familiar faces in the competitive scene of War Machine started leaving the game either due to life or loss of interest or, you know, things changing. 
we saw a lot of the very prominent players leaving the game uh, and making way for other new players that are very well known, very, very skilled players now. But it's always sad to see the familiar things leave. Um, and I'm, I'm very sad to see Hungerford go. He's, a, he's an incredible guy. He's done a great job um, doing development for this, for the company. Uh, he's been a great member of the community. I'm sure we'll still see him in the future. Uh, but it, it does make me really sad to see him go. Yep. Agreed. Well, we won't get our, uh, may not get our croak caster that we uh, brainstormed on the uh, episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. But yeah, best of luck. And sounds like they left on good terms and everything. So like I said, hopeful yeah. as well. Um, Faye, like you said, has been stepped up and is doing some stuff. So we'll see who else they bring in. On the hobby desk. Yeah, I think so. Um, I had talked about before I was going to be starting to work on a very large dragon. Um, I have not started working on that yet, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, I'm waiting on some spare pieces from the same uh, person who printed the model. Um, about uh, they were going to get me some spare parts so I could try a couple of different things out um, without putting them to finish on this very large model and then try have it not look good and then have to try and strip a very very large model. Um, yeah. So right now I've got uh, I've got some Dark Angel stuff um, or I guess Fallen either one um on my desk that is going to get painted but i haven't done any painting recently i did some assembly last weekend um some outriders and got some green stuff done for the robes and hoods um for the all bikes dark angel list that i have or that i'm almost done uh collecting and then that'll be an art project to paint all that stuff up nice um i got some uh, reorganizing done uh, just moving stuff around again and also playing around with the magna rack that I had picked up, um, trying to, to figure if it's going to, what models will work out for better, how much I can actually fit on there. And so doing that, and then I got about 24 models primed up between Riot Quest and Warcaster. So again, assembling and priming are much different than getting them painted, but at least they're, at least they're something. So, other than that, just chugging along. I uh, got a Cygor that was, like, missing its arms. And so I was able to find some bits. Um, and they didn't exactly fit quite perfect. And so I had to do a little bit of green stuffing on it. And so um, I did that uh, this past week. And then I also did some basing on it. And then... Got it primed up on Saturday. Like well, there was a little bit of sun, and yeah. then, um, and then, like I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go prime." And then, as soon as I was done priming, the rain came. I was <laughs> like, "I was like, wow, good timing." <laughs> so, Nailed it. Yeah. So, but I was thinking about it. Um, I'm gonna be using the Cygor as sort of a, a proxy for a different model um, for a different game, but. Um, but I was thinking about looking at my stuff in terms of the Dave Ramsey method of yeah. doing 
the smaller projects first and get them done. Yeah. And then go go to the next small and the next small. And so what I end up having is that feeling of success. Um, because what I do most of the time is I uh, I start a project and then you know I get distracted with another project. Yeah. It's like how I it's like how I read books. I literally have like 14 books with bookmarks in them because I start them, but I don't finish them until a long time later. Like, and I ended up like reading them all kind of all at the same time. And eventually I'll finish them. And, and then um, like, you know, eventually. Right. So, so I realized I'd have to have a new strategy for my hobby desk. So there you go. Yeah, that's the one thing is, yeah, I have these grand visions of, oh, I'm going to do this whole army like this, or I'm going to do this. And then you're like, oh, this is taking me two years to finally complete. So uh, maybe I should have just done the smaller projects to feel better and moving on. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I've been at this long enough. I should have more completed projects. <laughs> that's just the truth. Well, you got to smoke that brisket sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But anyway. Uh, I'm waiting for the day of barbecue machine again. So yeah, yeah. So today, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about today. You know, I was all excited on Friday. Yep. And and like all I could think about all weekend was War Machine and getting games in and things like that. And then and then Oz was telling me how he's looking forward to the Orgoth. So it sounds like we're gonna get that for him. And then, like this morning, I see that news, and I'm just like, as high all, as I was on Friday, all the wind, all the wind. Yeah, I'm on the other side. So, so this is kind of a weird episode for yeah. me. Like my motion is all weird. So, but um, regarding us, our community, regard regardless of what game we're playing, uh, we like to talk about games, and so I want to encourage everyone to join our Discord server. Um, we've got a couple of new listeners uh, join uh, the past couple of days, and that's exciting. Um, welcome aboard. Um, we have our paint party every Thursday, and that's something that I enjoy very much. And then, um, and then we have our monthly book club. And so um, uh, this month, I think we're reading the rules for Mophidius's Conan RPG. Yeah. So um if you can if you have that cool you can also get the pdf for it at drive rpg.com which is where i'll be getting it i haven't gotten it yet so um i'm gonna be late to the party reading that i think but um but yeah, we have you know we have a community time. so it's only june i got plenty of time it's only june, three it's weeks only or june four 7th. weeks yeah, yeah. yeah. the way so, you read things would be good yeah uh find us at uh spellstoreminiatures.com there's links to all the things you can support us by giving us positive reviews. If you like what we do, you can support us monetarily by using any number of our affiliate links that are on our website and in our show notes. And then of course you can also give directly through Patreon or Kofi. But with that, everyone enjoy your games. Thank you.
Thank you.